Hey everybody, this is Jim, and you're listening to the Faith Tested by Fire podcast. Okay, welcome back. Again, this is Jim from faithtestedbyfire.com. One thing I have to say, I really haven't been updating faithtestedbyfire.com with all of these podcast links uh, the way I did uh, a few months back. And that's just my fault because um, I have just so many things going on um, in in business and in life that sometimes updating um, a website can kind of get put on the back burner. So I need to uh, catch back up and make those posts linking to this podcast available. One of the things, though, that I always encourage people to do is to take a few seconds, go to the site, and uh, sign up for the mailing list. And that way you can be updated whenever something changes or something's added or a new podcast becomes available. Of course, you could also... Um, go to iTunes and subscribe that way. And if you will, take a moment and uh, please leave a comment if you like this podcast. So anyway, um, back to what I was um, originally going to talk about. A lot of things going on. Of course, there was a big election, and that was just the other day. And uh, Donald Trump is the new president-elect. I didn't get involved in a lot of the arguments online about um, voting and who we should vote for and that kind of thing. And I've never been a fan of Hillary Clinton's and um, a liberal agenda, but you put all of that aside, and I just see some things in the Bible that um, that have stuck with me over the years, and. I, because of these things sticking with me, it never I never put much hope in, in politicians or in politics. And I understand why people do, and I understand why people get frustrated, and I understand why people even lose hope <clears throat> because of some of the things we have happening around us. And it, the Bible does say to pray for those who are in authority. So whether it be a Barack Obama or a Donald Trump or whoever is in there, it says pray for those who are, who are in authority that we may lead quiet and peaceable lives. So if there's any area that I've made personally made a mistake, I can readily admit that um, I don't pray for those in authority like I pray for those who I know, like I pray for those in my family or even myself. So the, these scripture verses are there for a reason. They're there so they can, God gave them to us so it would help get us back on the right course when you get off course. If you look at all of the things that God uh, promised and that God put in the Bible, I'm talking about the New Testament and the New Covenant, because this is the covenant we're in, and we're not under an an Old Testament anymore. We're under an age of grace and forgiveness. But when you look at these things, um, none of the commandments of God are unreasonable. I mean, loving your neighbor as yourself and all these things, and the things that he tells us not to do and avoid— there's a reason for that, and a lot of these reasons are not visible to our senses because we do have an enemy. Um, there are evil forces that work behind the scenes, and 
if you do certain things with your with your life, with your words, um, physically with your body, um, and your actions, then you open the door for certain types of evil to come and have their um, way in your in your life and in your circumstances. Certain things open the door for God, and certain things open the door for demons. And it wouldn't be called temptation if it wasn't pleasurable. Because, um, I mean, you could be tempted to eat chocolate all day long. And even though um, a little bit of chocolate, all things being equal, won't hurt anybody, a lot of chocolate or an addiction to it can kill you. Um, and it's that way with all things. That's why the Bible says, let your moderation, do all things moderately, let your moderation be made known to all men. So um, I don't come under bondage of any, any of it, and, and you shouldn't either. Uh, but that's, that's your choice to make. So again, looking back at, at what we see with, with politicians and the, and the different things which have happened, um, the reason why certain laws were passed is because that's what people want. The Bible says the reason why people don't come into the light is because they love the darkness. The Bible says men love the darkness and they don't come into the light lest their works be shown as being evil. So um, those who believe, though, those who have come over into the light, have done so by the grace of God. In other words, the Bible says that God knew you, chose you before the foundation of the world. We don't understand how all these things work. But you don't have to understand something to believe it. I mean, there's a lot of things that I believe and that I know are fact, and I believe in my heart, but I can't explain how they work. I'm just talking about natural things. You know, things that I use every day, things that, I mean, if they broke, I don't know how to fix them. I just know they work, and I take advantage of the fact that they're there. Um, but anyway, getting back to this, um, you know, people weren't happy with the direction that the country's going in and the legislation that was passed. But here's the thing. You can't legislate morality. I mean, if morality could be legislated and changed by laws, the old covenant would have worked fine. It said that the law was given under the old covenant so that sin might become exceedingly sinful. In other words, that the light would be shined. Because where there is no law, you can't break the law, right? So we wouldn't know that stealing, I mean, there would be, stealing wouldn't be a fact of a, a Stealing is wrong. That's a fact. We wouldn't know that except that it had been written, thou shalt not steal, right? I mean, that's the, the train of logic that it follows. The thou shalt not indicate what's wrong, and what you should do is thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself, um, thou shalt give, and it will be given unto you again. All of the things you should do, blessing and cursing, you can look it up in Deuteronomy 28, of all of the intricate laws. These are all the things that make life, life better. And the thou shalt nots, if you just look at them in black and white, the, those things will lead to hurt and harm in the lives of others and eventually in your life as well. So... Anyway, I say all that because you can't legislate morality <clears throat> and 
even the people, you know, somebody it would ask me about something like, uh, what, what do you think as a Christian person, what do you think about gay marriage? And I would, I would say to them, I said, well, I don't agree with uh, changing the definition of marriage. And somebody might say, well, what, don't you think that homosexual people have the right, have the right, and, and again, it's called have the right. And my thinking is homosexual people have been living together for years, right? And whether there was a marriage law there or not, they would continue to live together and to have relationships together, sexual relationships I'm talking about. And so do heterosexual people, whether they're married or not. They continue to live together and they continue to do what they want to do. The point is people do what they want to do. So the fact of a law being there or not being there doesn't change the dynamics that God put in place from the very beginning. There are certain things he said that you should do and there's certain things you said you shouldn't do. And doing what he said you shouldn't do will result in certain things happening to you. I mean, I'm making this just as basic as I can. I wasn't originally going to talk about this, but I just happened to be talking about it now, so I'm going to keep on going. So the law, whether the law is there or not, is irrelevant to the fact that when you do these things, good will happen, and when you do those things, bad will happen. Matter of fact, um, it puts it in... To it puts it in in a good perspective in the book of Romans where it says that to the people who were given the law, they'll be judged under the law by God one day when we stand before God. Every man, every woman, every person who's ever lived will eventually stand before God and give an account of the things they did here in this world, in this lifetime. So those who had the law will be judged under the law. Those who didn't have the law, those that never heard, the Bible says that God wrote his laws of right and wrong, of just and unjust in their hearts. And so they'll be judged by whether or not though they broke those laws or they obeyed those laws that he originally wrote within their hearts. So it, if you do the wrong thing long enough, the Bible says you'll sear your conscience. In other words, you will no longer feel the negativity that you once felt. It will become a part of your everyday life. And you will become um, dead, in other words, to the natural feelings that you were born to have relative to that, to that thing. So... Are you, you know, do you get disappointed when you see all of these things um, happening around you in the world? Absolutely. I would say absolutely. You know, just as it says, Lot was grieved by all the evil he saw in his day. Um, you know, we're grieved by the evil that we see happening in our day. And I don't want to see anybody mistreated regardless of what they do. I don't want to see evil befall anybody. I mean, even the Bible says that not to rejoice when evil befalls an enemy. So what happened to them can also potentially happen to you if you open yourself up to the wrong forces. Like the Bible says that if somebody's overtaken in a sin, it says to for you 
to restore them in a spirit of meekness, lest you yourself be tested. So there is a sowing and reaping process that is inserted into every aspect of our lives and of our thoughts and of the intentions of our heart. So as we look forward, I realize that, um, you know, I don't even know um, except for the basics of what Donald Trump wants said he wants to do, like repealing the Obamacare and things like that. I really don't know what the man is like. I know that politicians appeal to a certain aspect of their base, even if they don't agree with their base, because they want to get elected. And that's the only way you can get elected is to appeal to a vast number of people enough <clears throat> to uh, defeat your opponent. So, But what these people are really like, sometimes uh, we don't know until some time passes. So I just pray that, um, like I would pray for any other leader, that God would guide what Donald Trump does. And as the Bible says, the, hand, the heart of the king is in the hand of the Lord that God would lead and guide him. And not only him, but we have an entire government full of people who are getting rich, at getting wealthy, while the average person on the street is not affected positively by the decisions they're making day in and day out. In other words, we really don't have, the average person doesn't really have what they would consider to be effective representation in the government. And I think that that could be said in just about every country today, right? I mean, the Bible says that when the king is righteous, that the people prosper and the land prospers. But when the king is evil, then there is evil and there is also darkness on the land. So there you have it. In short, that's my overview of the political uh, situation. And uh, hopefully we go in the right direction. But the things that I do have control over is I have control over my decisions. I have control over my actions and I have control over what I believe in. So I don't put my faith in somebody else for a better future. I look to other people and hope they'll do the right thing because we are all in this together. We all live on the same earth and we're all in the same, uh, you know, looking around you immediately. You've, the people in your town, the people in your county, the people in your state, they're all affected by the things that are happening and the decisions that those who are making both locally and nationally. So if there's ever a time to pray for those who are in authority, that time is long since passed, but it's still here with us right now. And this is what we have today. So the Bible says today, if you hear God's voice, don't harden your heart like those did in the wilderness. You know, um, let me talk about this quickly, and I'm going to keep this short today because I've already put enough information out for you to think about for yourself. But Philippians chapter 2, verse 13, it says, For it is God who works in you both to will and to do his good pleasure. So if you need guidance in your life, if you need to know, if you don't know what to do next, if you don't know what direction to go in, if you find yourself continuously confused, 
then all you need is this one verse of scripture. And here's the thing. You know, we're taught that um, whenever whenever we look at like a topic, I'm just talking about the Bible now. There's books and, and, and sermons and outlines and all kinds of things written about every topic. Sometimes I think that there's just too much information out there, that everything has been made more confusing than it needs to be. And all you ever need in any situation that you find yourself in is one verse of Scripture. It only takes one verse of Scripture for faith to come. It only takes one verse of Scripture for you to have faith to receive whatever it is that you have need of from God. For example, um, I know of, of a woman who was losing her hair, and I believe the scripture verse that she prayed about and that she stood on was that um, Jesus said, ask and you shall receive that your joy may be full. And hitherto he said, you've asked nothing in my name, ask and you shall receive that your joy may be full in the gospel of John. So what that means is, is that God wants your joy to be full. And unless what you're asking for is going to hurt somebody or hurt yourself or you want it for uh, pompous reasons, this woman uh, was miserable because she was losing her hair. And for a woman, hair is more important than it is for a man. I mean, you see plenty of bald men around, but for a woman, it, her whole identity was coming under attack. Now, God's no respecter of persons. There are some people, men, who having hair is it's just important to them. And they feel good with a full head of hair, and they feel horrific with without it. So they wear hats and things like that to cover it up. But anyway, you look at that verse and it says, ask and you shall receive that your joy may be full. That's the only scripture verse she needed to grow back a full head of hair. She prayed based on that scripture. She spoke the word of, out loud, giving God thanks for that scripture every day relative to her hair being restored. And uh, I know men that do that too. Using the same scripture verse, there's other scripture verses too. So it, it could be anything. It could be your vision. It can be um, a sickness. It can be an allergy. Um, it can be a disease. It can be lack of money. Only one scripture verse is standing between you and what you need. You don't have to know the, what the entire Bible says about the subject. You don't have to understand all the intricacies of how everything works. All you have to do is ask God in Jesus' name for whatever it is that you have need of. Then, according to Mark eleven twenty four, you believe that you have the answer before you see it. In other words, you believe you have it right now. And then, according to Mark eleven twenty three, you talk like you have it. You talk like Philippians 2.13, what we're talking about right now, works. So if I don't know what to do next, let me get off the hair for a minute. If I don't know what to do next, I can say that, thank you, Lord, I know what to do next because you're working in me both to will and do your good pleasure. Every time the enemy comes along, I can quote the Bible to him just like Jesus said. I could quote to him Philippians uh, 2.13 and said, and say, it is written that God works in me both to will and to do his good pleasure. 
I know what to do next. I know where to go next. I make the right decisions in my life. In Jesus' name, I make the right decisions in my life because God works in me both to will and to do his good pleasure. I make good decisions because God works in me both to will and to do his good pleasure. If all you have is that one scripture verse and you say it several times a day, several times in the afternoon, several times at night before you go to bed, several times in the morning or to yourself as you're driving, just stick with something simple, something that you can remember, and you begin to say that, that that's what you have. Because Mark eleven twenty three says, He shall have whatsoever he saith. The Bible says that life and death are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it will eat its fruit. So take a verse of scripture, base your prayer on it, take that verse of scripture, let it come out of your mouth so that you can hear it. The Bible says faith comes by hearing. It doesn't say faith comes by reading. It says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Thinking about something and saying it out loud are two different things. If you talked or said out loud, uh, the things of, of God, as much as you think about them, your whole world can change. I mean, you, you, you'll be, this time next year, you wouldn't even recognize your life if you live around, that you wouldn't even recognize your life around you. Your life would be totally different if you, instead of just thinking about it, instead of just reading about it, start opening your mouth and saying it. Saying it so you can hear it. You don't have to shout it. You can if you want to, but... If you can hear yourself saying it, it will create faith in your heart. And the Holy Spirit will take that faith. Because you have to believe there's really no other way around it. And some people get discouraged when they hear talk about faith too much. They get discouraged. But the thing is, is that in order for God to deal with you like you're in Christ, in order for him to deal with you by grace, unearned favor, then you have to come down the path of faith there's no other path that you can reach God through not in this lifetime that's just the way it is that's just the way he did it and so all of the theory and all the books and all the knowledge none of that works except that it gives you hope but the hope never becomes a reality until you start saying it and the more you say it and the more you hear it the quicker you'll start believing it and once you start believing it everything changes now, this will work even if you don't understand it, right? I mean, there's things that work around us all the time, even if we don't understand it. So instead of needing to read another four books on the subject or to listen to another four preachings or teachings or whatever it is that you do, just start doing it, right? It's the actions that bring the change, not, the, not just the thoughts. Thoughts are great, but if they don't lead to action, and the easiest actions you can take is to open up your mouth, Start talking, start saying it is written, start quoting it, start making your own, make that scripture yours, make that promise yours, start saying you believe regardless of what your head says, because your head's going to fight you, you should know that by now, your head, your intellect, your natural mind will always bring thoughts of doubt, thoughts of fear, thoughts of worry, and if you open your heart to those things, then you'll always be defeated, but if you keep on talking, even when those thoughts are coming, you fight them, you resist them. Is it easy? No, it's not always easy. Do you feel terrible sometimes? Absolutely. But I've learned from personal experience over the last 30 years, if you will, keep, if you will start talking your faith so that you yourself can hear yourself say it, it will change everything because 
You don't believe anybody like you believe yourself. And even if you don't believe your own words, your heart will be led out of fear and into faith as long as you can hear God's word. Doesn't matter whether it's the King James Version, the New King James Version, or whether you're it's basing what you say on on um any of those versions. As long as it's the truth, right? As long as you're saying the truth. Whether you leave one word out or substitute a word, personalize it, leave it exactly as it is, none of those things matter. What matters is is that you hear it, the truth, and that faith comes. And God, again, works in you both to will and to do his good pleasure. The whole system will work. You don't have to pick it apart and understand every little part. Even if you don't know or you can't see any possible way through what you're facing right now, God has a way. But in order for you to experience it, you have to pray. You have to ask. You have to believe you receive to the best of your ability. You may say, well, I don't know if I'm really believing or not. That's fine. Leave it alone. Talk like you believe. Talk like you have the answer. Quote these scripture verses so that you can hear them and keep on doing it. And if it helps you, make a journal of it. Day one, day two, day three. That way you will stay accountable to yourself so you don't drift off into you get lost in thought. I don't know how many people get lost in thought, but I know it's quite a bit. Where you start doing something and then you stop doing it and you just start thinking about it. Then you realize you haven't been doing it and you get frustrated. Open your mouth and, and do it. You know, It's just like any other thing in life. It's the good things that we avoid. It's the easy things that we gravitate to. We don't want to do something new because it's it's foreign to us. We don't feel comfortable. It doesn't feel natural. It doesn't make any difference. I mean, I don't feel comfortable eating spinach and broccoli sometimes or certain kinds of lettuce. But once they're down in my system, they do what they were designed to do, and I'm healthier for it. It's the same thing with quoting scriptures, quoting Bible verses. You may feel like it's totally foreign, like what you're doing is stupid, like it's not working. The thoughts may come to look around you. The very fact that you're being attacked with those thoughts will tell you something. Okay, that's it for today. Thanks for listening. Again, this is Jim from FaithTestedByFire.com. God bless you. Have a great day, and I'll talk to you soon.